we're going to pray, and then we're going to jump into our lesson. All right. Father, uh, thank you for uh, speaking and for the opportunity to uh, get to talk with a bunch of uh, ladies today, God, uh, about the need for uh, them to lead, for them to step up and uh, be the kind of women that your kingdom needs. God, I know that uh, there have been a lot of stigmas and issues with that across a lot of churches in the past. And uh, I think because of that, in a lot of ways, God, uh, a lot of people have been robbed from the benefit of having a godly woman involved in their lives who can uh, help them in many different areas, God. So I pray that you'll help uh, today's lesson to sink in so that uh, the ladies who are here can see their value and the importance uh, that they have in the kingdom and in our ministries, in the college ministries, team ministries, adult ministries, God, uh, just how important they are. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right, so uh, we're going to just kind of start. I'm going to kind of do the first little section here, and then Hannah's going to kind of jump in and take over the rest of it. But uh, I want to start out by telling you the reason for me as a personal reason. There's a few different reasons we're going to walk through, but there's a personal reason for me that this is really important as far as this class goes and as far as you ladies go. And that is that uh, I know uh, what my ministry would be like if I didn't have a female leader walking alongside me. And when people, uh, when I talk to people about the campus ministry, one of the things that I always try to make clear to them is that Hannah is as much a campus minister as I am. And maybe even sometimes more. Uh, you know, she uh, she handles everything on the female side and always has of our ministry. And a lot of the girls who are in here uh, in our ministry now, that might be indirectly. So you may be thinking, well, Hannah was never my leader. You're wrong. And the reason I say that you're wrong is because Whoever has worked with you in the campus ministry was raised up by Hannah and, and her influence in, in the lives. And so she has this crazy massive value when it comes to our ministry because she handles pretty much everything on the female side. And just like this crossover of me where I get to love and encourage and be a big brother to our girls, Hannah gets to be the big sister to some of our guys. And sometimes her conversations with my men has sunk in more deeply than even my conversations might have depending upon the subject. Because it's a different perspective coming from her than anywhere else. And so if anyone tries to tell you that women aren't needed to lead a ministry, especially in campus ministry, after doing it for 22 years, I can tell you that, that I, we would have way less success in our ministry if Anna wasn't right alongside me doing what she does. And, uh, and so it's incredible having a partner like that in ministry. And every ministry needs you ladies to step up. Uh, you know, even now, beyond Hannah, now that she's, the campus ministry has grown and she's working with other ladies, she's raised them up. And so now we have other ladies that some of our younger campus people look up to, and they get to look and say, man, this is the person who's leading me. This is how they've impacted my life. And those ladies are having the same kind of impact that Hannah had on the older girls. And now that we have people graduate from the campus ministry into the adult ministry, I get to see the effect of Hannah's leadership and value in the adult ministry because I see some of our young adult selves who are just killing and and the ladies who are leading those ministries a lot of the things that they learn they picked up while they're in the campus ministry training under Hannah and so it, it in one way I'm talking Hannah up but in general what I'm talking up is the value and importance of every single one of you and you we need you to be what you need to be in the kingdom the men need you to be uh, engaged in ministry. If you're here and you're, you're a, uh, maybe a, a minister's wife or you're dating someone who's going to be a minister, you need to understand 
you need to view that ministry as your own as well. So I want to talk just for a few minutes. Uh, there's a pattern when you look at the Bible. A lot of people look and they say, you know, well, ladies aren't supposed to leave, they're supposed to be silent, and, you know, and they go through all these things, and we'll get into all the arguments about that. But if you just set aside even the semantic arguments that we can have about those things, and you look at the biblical pattern, Spider-Man out there on the Man and a woman, they're together, 
pulling, the, pulling someone aside and saying, all right, let's look at what the Bible actually has to say. Acts 21, verse 8 and 9. On the following day, we left and arrived in Caesarea. There we stayed at the house of Philip the Evangelist, one of the seven men who had been chosen as helpers in Jerusalem. He had four unmarried daughters who proclaimed God's message. You know, they, they, these, these women, they're out there teaching God's message to people. You look at Romans chapter 16, verses 1 and 2. I commend to you our sister Phoebe, who is a deacon in the church at Sincrea. Welcome her in the Lord as one who is worthy of honor among God's people. Help her with whatever she needs, for she has been helpful to many, especially to me. This is Paul writing this. And, and when, you, when you start looking at the pattern that you see in the Bible, the Old Testament, and in the early church, you see, you know, Lois and Eunice uh, affecting Timothy's life. 2 Timothy 1.5, I reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice. And I am persuaded now lives in you also. I am reminded of your sincere faith, you know, and he's, he's going and saying, this came, you were taught this by your grandmother and your mother. See, sometimes that's the only rule that churches may want to say that, you know, the women have in teaching uh, people about God. But when you look at the whole scripture, that's obviously not true. You have women proclaiming the good news all over the place and being engaged in ministry. And, and so you have that, I have that personal reason why I feel like this is important. You have a pattern to follow in the Old, in the Old Testament, the New Testament, in the early church. And then there's also just a practical reason in that women are needed in ministry. And that's because women are men, women and men, I'm going to say it right here in a second. Women and men are different. And you bring to the table something different than what we bring. And, and there are things about your personality, the way that God has made you, that allow you to engage people differently. You are, you are able to engage another woman in a way that I'm not able to. And, and the same is true of the flip of that, right? There are things that I can say to be girls. There, there are things that I said to Jess Williams back there sitting on the wall that Hannah could have said to her, and she could have gotten mad at Hannah. But because I am a guy, and because Jess lost her dad at an early age, and she knows I love her, and I have a father role in her, when I say, you look like a skank, and your dad would be disappointed, yeah, it breaks Jess's heart when I would say something like that, but also allow Jess to go, Carrie loves me. He wishes, you know, he wishes I had another man to say this. I wish my dad, her, I wish her dad was able to say that to her, but he's not here. And that's a role that I have to play in her life. Well, the same thing goes for, for the, the men in my ministry. And the women in my church, you are able to talk to each other and you're able to talk to the men in a different way than I'm able to. And have a different kind of impact than I'm able to. And in some circumstances, only allow for a woman to step up. There are certain circumstances that I cannot deal with some of the things. It wouldn't be appropriate even for me to deal with some of the things that go on in campus ministry as a man dealing with my female students. And so there are, there are these moments where it doesn't matter how badly I want to help, I need another woman in my ministry to step in and take care of things when it needs to be taken care of. And so you are desperately needed. Hannah is 100% co-leading with me. We, we work our butts off together. And our ministry wouldn't be the same at all without her because she stepped into a role that was needed. And so that's what she's going to kind of talk to you about now is how that took place in Babylon and why when we're living in a culture and a university that is very much Babylonian like, why you are so desperately needed. I didn't know who was going to be so nice to me. That was 
And she's hot. So, um, so preparing for this, I did a lot of reading, a lot of research on Esther. And I mean, I think she's always been somebody that um, that I looked up to in the Bible, um, in that she set such a good example of some of the things we're going to talk about in a minute. But um, just really quickly, too, some other research I did. Um, I was reading some studies about how, um, like, probably 20, 20 plus years ago, one of the major problems that churches faced was that they were very predominantly woman-driven. That the women did most of the serving, they did the teaching, they were more the considered more the committed um, members of the church. And that um, in the last few years, they've really seen that that number has drastically declined. That women are leaving churches in droves, and that they're not really seeing their role as. Um, serving or they don't see themselves as an important part of the church and um, when I saw that although it saddened me before when I would see things like oh man you look at all these women and they're so committed and they're dragging their husbands along and it's really time for the men to step up um, it, it's equally as sad to see women look and say well I don't really think that I'm that important or it's not really worth it to be that committed or, or whatnot and I, that's something that I uh, feel very passionately about is um, convincing other young girls and other women that you really are, like Carrie said, very, very valuable to to the kingdom of God, to your ministry, to your churches. Um, I know 100% that I would not be here today if I had not seen um, women be so, other women be so passionate about their relationship with God. I can, I can down to the second remember the moment that another woman stepped into my life and poured into me and gave me a hope and a dream for a future that I uh, I had never thought would be possible before. And it doesn't matter what she goes through in her life, the ups or the downs, she will always be a spiritual hero in my life for, for putting for planting that inside of me. And I will forever be grateful. And I will forever remind her that that's the role that she played in my life. And, and I guess just never lose that gratitude because I know that as a 17-year-old on a college campus, I would have never in a million, and, even, and I know I've said this over and over and over again, but never in a million, million years would I ever dream that I would ever have any influence in anyone's life, um, let alone get up and speak in front of people. Like, again, like I said, most of you guys have heard this before. I was a girl that straight up, straight A student, took an F to, to get out of having to talk to a class of 10 people. Like the, the one who cried when it was time for my presentation. Um, was the girl that my mom literally had to like force me to say hello to people when they came by. Very antisocial, very shy, um, still socially awkward. But I, it's, it's just, I know Courtney said the other day if she would have saw her old self walking down the street like from five years ago, she wouldn't even recognize that person. 100% I feel that way, and I know it's because of the women, and then also the men that have dreamt for me to be something so much more than what maybe were, was my natural tendency, my natural, yeah, tendency. And that's one of the things that I wanted to hit on, is I, I as women, we have this idea in our head that everything has to be perfect before we can do something, right? For the most part, we tend to be very strategic, um, I need to know that I'm not going to fail. I need to know that it's going to, it's, if I put in A, B, C, that D will 100% be the outcome, 
when this happens. Um, most of the time, there's obviously exceptions. We we value, we kind of look at the risk versus the reward before we put um, our whole hearts into something. And sometimes I think we're smarter when it comes to that. We're like, well, it doesn't make sense to do that because look at all the, com you know, whatever. But that's one of the reasons why I truly love the story of Esther. When I'm reading it and she's like, yeah, okay, this is what we should do. All right, you pray, you fast, I'll pray and fast, I'll go. I die, I die. End of story. And I'm like, literally look at that and I'm like, okay, like, but just, that's so compelling to me because I, like, again, like I said, I think we look at ministry and we're like, well, but do I have all of the qualities that I need? Well, I'm not very good at this and I'm not good at that. And well, these are some of the things that I am, but I could probably do better. And, and don't get me wrong, we should all be growing and learning and striving to be, you know, better at things. But I think one of the things that holds us back so much is like, well, I, I'm not there yet, or I'm not this yet, or whatever. And um, I just want to look really quickly at three things when I look at the story of Esther, and I'm, I'm assuming that if you're here, you're most likely familiar with the story of Esther. Um, if you're not, I encourage you to go home and read it, so this will kind of make a little bit more sense. But, you know, you look at this, and the king, impulsive, um, I did, like I said, a lot of research, and it was just talking about how he tended to be very foolish, very impulsive, like, oh, yeah, and gets rid of this queen, and I was like, oh, that was not very smart, now I can't undo it, but I'm lonely, and so like, let's, let's do a, you know, a beauty pageant, we'll bring in all the beautiful young virgins, and then you come in, you see one you like, and you pick her, and um, I look at that, the first thing, and, and Esther just, honestly, she was at the right place at the right time. Like, it's not like she went up there and she gave this very eloquent speech. It's not like she campaigned for it. Um, my daughter went away to, she just called it government camp, but girls' state. And she went and she was like, oh, yeah, we go there. And on the very first day, we have to um, run for, like, uh, Senate positions. And they're, like, representatives. And they, like, put them in their own little, their own little cities, their own little counties. And the very first day they go there, they have to go around to people and be like, vote for me, vote for me to be a representative. And I'm like, that worst nightmare. <laughs> go to a bunch of strangers and be like, vote for me, vote for me. Like, you know, and then like her senior year, she, um, well, we say she campaigned to be um, class president. She really put up some flyers the last day and was like, vote for me. But like, I look at that and I'm like, I would have never in a million years ever tried to run. For and she's like, I don't want to do politics. I'm like, don't do politics. People are so mean, and you have to like always be on the top. You know, like so. There's all that, like I said, that fear that comes in there. But like she literally went there. The first time I was like, "Fuck me!" And then the next time I was like, "Did you hit it?" She's like, "Oh yeah, yeah, I got one in. No, no worries." And I'm like, people you've never met before just were like, "I like your face. You told me to vote for you." They don't know you. They don't know your stances. They don't know anything. You know, you could be the world's worst person ever. But you, like, you get, we got there Sunday, by the time I left, I think it was like 1 or 2 o'clock, and by like 5 or 6, I don't know what time did you guys vote? Um, 7 o'clock. No, I know you for 3 hours. Yeah, I'll vote for you. Like, and I look at that, and I'm like, you must have to really give off something really special, you know, to, to campaign like that. But I look at Esther, like, she didn't go up there and, you know, run a hard campaign for this, and like, she didn't. You know, she went, and she was, honestly, she was at the right place at the right time. And for a lot of us, I think we just need to look at this. You, was that? Me? Was that you? No, I'm trying to um, <laughs> <laughs> reject. reject. I did, okay. I did reject. Um, 
we love to hear the Lord is like, oh, God put this in a specific place at specific times. But do we really believe that? Do we really look at you like, God, I'm here. And right, right here, right now is the right place and the right time. Because I think a lot of us are like, well, when is the right time? Or when I'm, when I'm better at this? Or maybe, you know, I, I think most of us in here don't think we have to go to college for this. But maybe you do. Maybe you're like, oh, I need to go to certain classes. Or I need to know more or whatever. And again, truly value learning and wisdom and, and knowledge and things like that. But for a lot of us, when it comes to leading and it comes to being involved in our ministry, right here, right now, you're here, and God has you there for that reason, for that purpose. And you need to, you need to be like her, and just use the, use the gifts that that God's given you. And and it doesn't have to be something like I said. We all, we all, you know, we all talk ourselves down. I do the same thing. Oh, I'm not that good at that. Oh, I'm not that special. Oh, I'm so so. I'm average. Like you know, whatever. And we joke around with those kind of things. Like. You know, but we really, we do tend to be like, well, if I'm not a 10, if I'm not a 10, then I can't be used. Or if, if everything's not perfect, or I haven't been over the struggle for five or six years, then I can't use it to help someone else. And I just, like, like I said, for being in ministry for almost 20 years now, I just know for a fact that's not true. I know that God puts us in specific places at specific times. You're at the, the university that you're at, and God wants you to leave someone else there. Wants you to be involved in another woman's life right exactly where you're at. You don't have to wait until you graduated. And you, I always, <laughs> I laugh. I so laugh at thinking when I was younger. I could not. I was like, man, I'm so, I'm especially a teenager. I'm like, I'm so messed up right now. I'm so confused. I cry over nothing. I don't really know what I want out of I cannot wait until I am in my 30s and I have it all. I won't be in security anymore. I won't care what other people think anymore. It's going to be so nice when I'm in my 30s. And then I'm in my 30s and I'm like, I was talking to a couple of you guys last night about school and what you're going to do. I'm like, yeah, I'm still there. I'm still trying to figure out what I'm going to do when I grow up. But I don't want to school now. Um, but I do know that wherever I am, just like where Esther was, God put her in that place. And, and it was one of those things where he was like, you're here. Guess what? You didn't ask to be a queen. She wasn't primped and ready and hot. You know what I mean? Like, she didn't go through. She didn't grow up her whole life. Like, you know, me and my daughter like historical, like, historical fiction slash nonfiction. We like to watch like, you know, shows or whatever, read books that are about that. And you, and you read and you see like, oh, she was, she knew she was going to be a queen from age two. Like, you know, and she was groomed for that and whatever. That wasn't her. That wasn't her. She didn't wake up, you know, like from age six months being like, someday I will be the queen and it will be my job to save my people. Like, she at first was like, nah, this isn't for me. I'm going to do this. And he's like, no, go, go. And, and I think um, you can you know, look at right place, right time. But the second thing was that I just truly admire about her is it was just very simplistic prayer and a reliance that basically God was going to take care of it. Like I said, too often we're like, what's my plan? How am I going to do this? How am I going to do that? And too often, even in my own ministry, I'm like, how am I going to take care of this? How am I going to lead these women? 
how can I know I sometimes feel like a crazy person who hasn't figured it out? And sometimes it just comes down to, like she said, let's pray about it, let's fast about it. Uh, I know we talked about this um, at nauseum even this weekend. It's like right now a lot of really hard things are, are happening. And um, one of the things that me and Katie were talking text about this week is like, Prayer and fast are going to be our go-tos for the, you know, and not that it shouldn't always be, but especially right now, I don't have answers. I don't know how some things are going to go. I'm very confused with what God has in store. Sometimes I look at it and I'm like, I, I do not get this at all. <laughs> so if I'm going to sit here and rely on my own strength and my own wisdom, then I'm, then I'm screwed. But when I look at it, I'm like, okay, I don't really see maybe how God's going to work this out. And I don't really see how God's going to use me, you know. I mean, at the place she was at, she was like, I take one long step. I go to him. He doesn't raise the scepter and say I'm accepted. My life's over. Like, we're all like, well, what if everything just work out 100% the way I have it pre-planned in my brain for it to work out? Like, what if I pour into somebody and they reject me or something? And, guys, I go through the same thing. What if I give everything I have to this relationship and they walk away? What happens if what happens if I tell somebody something and it happens to be not the right advice, you know? Or I've totally been there, but I can admire this approach. I'm gonna pray about it, I'm gonna fast about it. You pray and you fast about it, and let's see what God does with it. And I know, like I said, that's that's a place that I'm at right now. I don't have a lot of answers sometimes. What I have Specifically, two female leaders right now that have a lot of whys. Why? Why is this happening? I did this the right way. I, you know, like I got married. I, you know, I'm trying to start a family after, you know, A, B, and C. Why is this happening? And I spent a lot of time just being like, I, I don't know. I don't know what to say. I don't have to make this better. You know, I don't know why good things happen to bad people. But I do know that we can pray about it. We can fast about it. Um, I can sit here all day long and try to make plans to make sure everything happens the right way. But sometimes I just need to step back and trust that God has a better, God has a better plan. Now that's not to say that we all just sit back and we just sit on our hands and be like, I'm just going to be the best little prayer warrior ever and just never say or do anything. Because the third thing that I look at with her is like she was obedient. She was brave. You know, she could have been like, let's drag this on, let's pray and fast about it for like a really long time. Maybe something, you know, whatever. But she actually went and did. She took the advice. She went and did the things that she needed to do. She was very obedient. And sometimes we know what we need to do. I know I need to step up, stop being a good girl. I need to say the hard things I need to say. I need to be, maybe need to invest in someone's life that terrifies me or maybe a situation that I'm not exactly sure. Maybe I need to start at something altogether. Like sometimes we do these classes and I feel like I'm preaching to the choir a little bit because I'm like, well, you're here. I really want to go talk to the women that are here <laughs> that are, and be like, hey, we need you. But I do know that I've talked to enough of you guys that you're like, we want this. We want a, we want a female leader. We want like other women. You guys can be that for each other. And not only that, but you're going to have younger girls that are coming in that, right there. That's your, that is your harvest to be able to do that. You know, and look at, you know, why, why, why are these things important? And Carrie mentioned some of them before, but she was a voice for a different perspective. She was that, did she, 
the Jews didn't have anyone in there being like, whoa, let's take care of the Jews, man. What about them? You know, they had, um, Haman was like, yeah, let's kill them. Let's kill them all. You know, and it was, he was a horrible person. And God put her there to be that perspective, that, that different voice. You guys are that, that female perspective, that female voice. Um, I always joke about, like, I'm going to tell something that happened. If I'm going to tell it to my husband or another man, I'm going to probably tell it in a two or three sentence long. I've learned after 20 years of marriage that i got to go two or three sentences about how a conversation or how I'm feeling or whatever. And that's not to say whatever, but when I'm talking to my girls, it's not a two to three sentence long explanation. <laughs> this happened, this happened. This is how I felt. And then this is how Satan used my feelings to make me feel this way. And then, you know, I'm going to go whatever. Like again, I'm not trying to swing. Like, there's times that he'll look at me kind of funny, or I know how I was talking. And again, there's exceptions. You're pointing guys out there. Feel it, my emotions. Like, and there's some of you that are a lot less. You're, very, you're much more stoic, and you're not as emotional. So I'm not going to put us in those boxes. But, but generally, we understand each other a lot more. When we're like, well, I started here, and then I went here. Then I started to feel really bad about this. And then, then I felt like I suck at everything. And you know, <laughs> and we're not, we are much more, we are much more broad. And then I started to think about how I, how I made everybody else feel. And then I was, then I was a letdown and a disappointment to everyone around me and whatnot. It is really important for us to make sure that we can, because not only we're like, oh yeah, I understand that, but we can also be the voice of like, yeah, you need to shut up. Like, you know that's not true. You know, like my husband's like, that's not true. I'm like, you're just trying to fix everything and make it better. But when my girlfriends are like, you know that's not true. You know that's safe. For some reason, I'm like, yeah, because I feel like you know. <laughs> like, you know where my head was. But even like, um. You know, like Carrie was saying, like, I know a lot of you have went through really, really hard things. You know, there are things that you can't just sit down and talk to any dude about. You know, like, like things like sexual abuse or even just shame and stuff that you felt from your, from your own, you know, pores, um, you know, um, impure or um, your decisions or whatever. And you need another girl to go to and be able to be 100% completely vulnerable and talk about those things with. Um, you, you do need that perspective. You need someone to be able to be like, yeah, I, I feel you, I see where you're coming from. Um, but also just, there's just like this, you know, a lot of you guys probably aren't dealing with this right now, but eventually like, you need to, a lot of us, let's just be honest, we didn't learn how to be the right kinds of wives and mothers. Um, I can, maybe some of you did, maybe you guys grew up and you saw picture perfect at home, you're like, Yes, if I'm the kind of wife that my, that my mom is, and I'm the kind of mom she is, I would be 100% happy and content with that. Um, I can say for my ministry, <laughs> I'm talking to a lot of you guys, for most of us, that's not the case. For most of us, we're like, um, I am clueless. I don't know what to do. And that's why for, I, that's one of the reasons why I feel so strongly about this, is I'm like, I... I would have absolutely, and not to say that I am like, oh, I know how to be a perfect wife or mother. I don't at all. But I'm just saying, like, if I didn't have other godly mothers and other godly wives, and even just, even if they haven't maybe went before me, knowing that I have other women in my life that are fighting for that same thing, 
fighting that same battle. Um, that we're all trying to be on the same page. That we're all trying to be uh, the same kind of wife and mother that is so counterculturally taught. You know that we're that we're taught and we're, we can be strong and we can stand up and we can say the things we need to do. We need to say we can do the things we need to do and be very empowered. Like. I like, like I said, I had no idea he was gonna say those things, and I was like, man, that is so like very empowering. It's very awesome that I have a husband who loves me and supports me so much, but yet still, like, I don't have to degrade the men around me. You know, I don't have to be like, oh, I don't need you. Like, I know that I need him just as much as he says that he needs needs me. But also, it's we need each other. We need each other. I need you guys. I. It doesn't matter if you're 10 years my my junior, I still learn from you, I still see, I'm still encouraged by things going on in your life. And it is really important that we can we can learn how to be, you know, the right kind of friend from each other, to be the right kind of moms, you know. Um, going through multiple miscarriages, I know that, that men also feel like, you know, loss and stuff like that, but I also know that it's different. Like, we feel differently. You know, um, there are different things that, like you said, we can only relate to each other, and then we need each other. We need we need to be there for each other, and we especially need women that are raising up and pouring into other women when it comes to those things. You know, um, like I said, like she was used in the in the place that she was in. So stop waiting. Stop waiting for it to be like that time. Yeah, you may not be quote unquote leader. You might not have that title, but we all lead, we can all lead. We can all lead in our ministries. Being passionate women who throw ourselves 100% in the ministry. Like, I mean, we have some girls that they may not, quote unquote, have a title, but when we're like, hey, we need this, they're like, I got that. I can set, I mean, it could be something from like this week, like, who can set up a zoo trip? Who can do this? You know, you know, whatever it might be. Down to the just sometimes that kick in the butt that we need. Like, hey guys, let's do this. Let's, you know, let's plan prayer walks. Let's make sure that we're on top of these things. Um, we, we need to be used in the places that we're at. And then we look at um, the third reason why we support is God rewarded her obedience and her bravery with salvation for people. And it, like I said, an entire, an entire uh, group of people was going to, were going to be wiped out. But because she took an act and, and stepped out and, and did something that maybe was scary, people were saved. And they know that, like I said, if you're in here, most likely your heart's desire is to see people saved. I hope that every one of you have at least one or two people that, like, break your heart, that, you, that you're like, I want to see. I know I have those people, but the second I think about them, I'm like, I love you, but then there's a part in my heart that gets really sad because I know that they don't have a relationship with God and I would do anything for them to have that. And I know that us, each one of you, has a desire to, to be a part of something bigger than yourself, to see other people's lives be changed, to be saved. And if you don't have that, then I really encourage you to maybe look and be like, what am I doing then? If I'm here, I'm part of a ministry, or I'm part of this, or I'm, you know, or I say that I'm a Christian, I say I'm a disciple, and you don't have that, that gut-wrenching, heart-heavy burden for to see other women's lives 
be changed, to have something different that you have and you're not pouring yourself into them. I know it's scary. That rejection, that fear of rejection, it sucks. Like I said, we'll sometimes do everything we can, even the fear of the unknown. What if I get everything I have and, and the outcome doesn't turn out the way that, that I want it to? You know, but her attitude was, I'm going to do this. If I perish, I perish. So for me, I know that's not my outcome. I'm rejected, I'm rejected. I mess up, I mess up. Which for most of us, messing up is like the end all. Well, what if I do this and I mess up? Oh, no, you messed up. Like, you, I mess up so much, so many times. You know, you, you repent. If it's something you did wrong, you change things and things. I tell this to every person around you. Like, I would handle probably 75% of the situations the way I handled them 10, 15 years ago, 100% differently than I would handle them right now. I've learned, like, from wisdom. I've learned from making mistakes. I've learned from changing my perspective to not being so selfish and, like, well, that hurt me or that person disappointed me, so now I'm going to punish them. You know, to a, eh, they messed up. We all messed up. I got to be patient. I have to pour into them. You know, whatever it might be. And... And to, to look at it, from the, if, our, if our main goal, our main outcome is the salvation, is the saving of other people, then we can put aside some of those fears and some of those um, insecurities and say that there's a bigger mission, there's a bigger purpose, and God is calling you. God needs you. Our ministries need you. Our ministries function so much better when the guys are doing what the guys need to do and they're learning from the male leaders and they're stepping up in their meeting and the girls are learning from the girl leaders and they're stepping up and they're filling in those spots and they're filling in those roles and they're pouring into other women and they're taking their, their hurts and their experiences. Like every single one of you in here has an experience, has a hurt, has a struggle, has something that somebody else out there has and they need you to share how God's changed. That's that's even what we're talking about. Like when you like, well, why are you women leaders? Like, no, you're not all gonna marry campus ministers. Lucky for you. But <laughs> every single one of you is gonna meet there's somebody out there that's like, I have that. You're a single mom, you are not burdened with the campus ministry. There are other single moms out there who need to know that they're not scrubs and they didn't mess everything up and that God doesn't want them, but they need to see your lives. And I can tell you this as a mom who's married and has a husband. You challenge the crap out of me when I see how committed you are and your faith and the way that you handle things. You guys are not burdens. You went through really crappy, crappy things in your past. You are not you are not tainted, you are not messed up, you are a beacon of hope, and you are so desperately needed. There are so many girls out there who struggle so much that they don't do anything to feel loved or to feel accepted. And you know, you were picked last on the dodgeball team, Emily, and I know I laughed about when you told your Easter, but you are seriously one of the most servant, kind-hearted people that I know, and they're, yes, you teach in the children's ministry, which is important, and you love those kiddos, but also, you encourage me on a regular basis, because I'm like, you know what, I, I was never picked, I was never picked last on the dog ball team, okay, always picked first, I'm one of the first girls, 
But when I see, like, when Emily tells the stories and she laughs about it, but then I see her brokenheartedness for, like, other girls that have been picked on or have been through hard times, it renews something inside of me. And sometimes I'll literally just think about it and I'll just start crying. <laughs> and I'll be like, I'm so glad that she was a part of my campus ministry all those years. You know? I can think of times where I get so frustrated that, oh, she can't drive or blah, blah, blah. But I remember sitting up in a hospital room while Jen Kazan was passing away and we we're all there. And I see a taxi pull up at like, gosh, I don't know, midnight? And Emily gets out and she's got groceries and she's, you know, they're as big as she is. And I'm just like, like, that's, that's what our campus, like, that's what we needed. Because the campus ministers and the team, and the team leaders were hurting really bad at that time. And somebody who, you know, she wasn't leading, quote unquote, but man, she really did, she really ministered to my heart at that time. And that was a few years ago, and I literally, we talk about that maybe once every three months. We're like, I'm not telling you, I'm going to come up in the cab. <laughs> Let me be obedient, let me do what I should do. Let me be brave about it and 
probably fight all of the crazy thoughts that were going on inside of our head. Um, and, and, and as a result, lives were changed. And that's my prayer for all our campus ministries. It's our prayer for our church. I know for all of you guys are in campus ministry. Like, you teen girls, don't wait. Don't wait. I don't care if you're a freshman, a junior higher, or this is your last year as a senior. Make the most of that, most of it. You can make, I wish, wish, wish I could go back sometimes and tell teenage Anna what almost 40-year-old Anna knows now. I wish that I could go and be like, don't make it about this, don't make it about that. You know, have the security of who God made you to, and be who you are in order to help other people. You know, we need to constantly be changing. We need to constantly be growing. We need to be repenting. We need to be honest about who we are and everything else. But a lot of times, we're just putting too much into it. We need to just be obedient and do what God says. And I, I know because I've seen it that God is going to use you guys to do amazing things. I'm going to have Carrie pray. Okay, I'll pray. All right. Uh, Father, I just want to um, thank you for allowing us to get together. Uh, these last <laughs> these last few weeks have been uh, physically and emotionally exhausting and draining. But um, being with the girls is it's my faith. Um, I just I'm so grateful for the wide variety, the di the, the diversity, um, the different talents and strengths and. Even the weaknesses and struggles that we have, God, because I know that you have interwoven us together so that we can we can be there for each other and we can help lead each other. God, I pray that every single um, young girl, um, college girl, adult woman, because gosh, I know it doesn't end just because you become an adult, that we will battle those insecurities that Satan puts in our lives and we will fight those lies and we will be secure and you. you have made us to be, and you will, we will allow you to use us, God. I beg you for an explosion of saved um, girls on our college campuses, because these these girls in this room, or at, at work, or wherever else they may be, um, that they have decided to be 100% sold out, committed to you, and because of the example that they set, because of the things that they say and the way that they live their, their lives, um, not only will they grow closer to the other girls um, in their ministries or their small groups or wherever they need to be, but also that other people will see that and that they will want something different, like um, like, like me. <laughs> um, I'm so very grateful for you putting the women that you put in my life when I was 17. I know you saved me from a world of heartache. You gave me so much of a better life. I thank you for them dreaming with me and being patient with me and showing me how to live by your standards, God, and not by the world's. Um, thank you for everything that you've done. Thank you for forgiving us and thank you for giving us um, chance after chance, God. Um, please, please, please bless our campus ministries this year. In Jesus' name.